Welcome back, Rev Divers. We are so excited today because our guest is an extremely accomplished individual and also somebody who taught me once before in the past, which I'm kind of excited about because him coming back means he didn't hate me. Today, we're <laughs> going to be chatting with James Leinberger. Now, we asked him, should we talk to you as Captain, as Major, as Dr. Leinberger, or just James? And he said, just James. You know why, guys? Because he's just one of us. But he has a ton of experience, you guys. He is board certified in practice management. He has a PhD. He has his MBA. He has been on the board for ACMPE at MGMA. He has years of military service behind him. But what he really, really has that we're excited to talk about today is actionable advice, right? So thank you so much, James, for joining the show today. Yeah, happy to be here. You're very kind with your introduction, Ty. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm just an old, I'm just an old guy, basically. That's that's the biggest thing. <laughs> Whenever I call somebody experienced, it always feels a little bit like a dig. We've got to come up with a better word for when we're talking to just genuinely intelligent folks, right, Kim? Absolutely. And I mean, James, you have so much history, so much experience, and we're delighted to have you on the show today. You know, thinking about your military experience and how that service kind of transfers into healthcare leadership, we'd love to kind of hear from you about that transferability and the art of kind of like refining processes and protocols within healthcare. Sure. I, I, I think, um, the experience that I was fortunate to have as a military officer is directly applicable and, and not necessarily just because I was um, a medical service corps officer um, managing different um, healthcare facilities in the army. Uh, but I think just from the, the uh, experience with, with being around um, other members of the military and folks that shared similar values um, you know, leadership is leadership, and I think that it's those those skills uh, transfer across multiple different dimensions. So, um, I think um, sometimes we we concentrate a little too much on sort of our um, our technical skills uh, and and discount um, the importance of of leadership and management skills, and so. Uh, that's part of the reason why the the topic we're going to talk about today was so important. And in fact, um, uh, it, it became um, an item of interest for me as I was pursuing my my um, my doctorate years ago. And a colleague that I had um, earned a MHA with at Baylor invited me over to Korea to to do this in a series of presentations over there. So I think it, it's not. Uh, it's definitely not a, a purely healthcare topic. It's certainly not a revenue cycle topic, but I think um, it has applicability for um, for a wide range of professionals, regardless of what your your current professional focus is. I love that you came right out of the gate and said that because so many times when Kim and I are talking to folks, we tell them, don't just look at our in, in, uh, industry. Don't just look at our industry. Yeah. And we have to remind them, like if we're looking at just in time, that came from automotive. If we're looking at the S bars, that came from the military. And I don't know that we've consistently been able to kind of drive that point home to folks. But I think that, you know, when we're talking about eliminating errors and improving processes and making things leaner and preventing challenges and still recognizing the fact that like we're all human we have to look at what is everybody doing and you know where can we get the best of the best kind of advice in that and so 
I don't know kind of, you know, what are, what are some of the common errors that you see when it comes to, you know, problem solving or even identifying that, that problems exist? Yeah. I, uh, so in this, in this topic, I, I sort of honed in on, um, on soft skills, if you will, which I find are often the harder skills because we're not um, necessarily taught these things. It's something that I think um, more commonly people assume that we have sort of innately. So um, to your point, I, I, I focused on decision-making and problem solving and sort of distinguishing between those two. And when you're uh, as a leader or a professional, you're faced with um, um, a certain situation I think it's helpful to understand how to how to set that challenge up in a way that uh, you can start um, pulling together information that you need to to address it. So um, you asked about the sort of the common traps in and and this is really out of work that Diane Halpern did in the late 90s that's been continuing since. But the the common traps that I focused on uh, when I was um, um, sort of walking through these with folks are uh, one is is called a, a rule of thumb or a heuristic. Um, a, a rule of thumb is something that um, we commonly rely on, and it's it's really based on our past experience. So uh, if we find that um, um, uh, you know we've got a lot of information that's available, uh, readily available and easily available, we're, we're more likely to rely on that. Or if we um, if we have had a, an experience in the past that's similar, that we approached in a similar way to um, the current issue that we're faced with, uh, we have a tendency to, to use that same approach that we used in the past with this current problem or issue. And um, that may not necessarily always be the best case. Uh, I would imagine that leads to like confirmation bias then, right? Because you're not looking at, at other objective data sources. Yeah, and in and, fact, yeah, that, that, I, I was, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, please. I, I was just going to say, you know, Taya, you and I, we talk a lot about the aging buckets in, in yeah. revenue cycle management. Oh, yeah, and, right. And, and the rule of thumb has always been the first aging bucket is zero to 30 days. Um, but that's been the way that we've always done it. We did that um, because of the, the way that we received our payments. Our payments came in through the mail. Well, now that we get electronic payments, Taya and I have always recommended that we shorten that first aging bucket to zero to 14 days. So that rule of thumb can be a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, and that's a good point. Uh, that your current, current aging probably should be shortened. I always wondered if we just did that because of accounting periods and the, the ability to to trust uh, closed periods versus open periods. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that it, it was probably like a combination of both. I mean, you can still do your month end reports on 30 days, but they were definitely waiting. It took so much time to like get something in the mail to the payer and like get it back. Right. Yeah. So I love that rule of thumb. That was the yeah. first, that was the first nugget of genius. What was the next? I'm excited about this. I wrote it. Well, I'm, I'm literally taking notes. So did here, here's a an, ex, an extra added bonus because you have to you have to throw in a um, a PhD word. So a heuristic is another name for a rule of thumb. So if you want to impress folks at Starbucks, um, you can use the word heuristic um, as opposed gotcha. to rule of thumb. So 
that's that's worth the price of this uh of this um podcast right there yeah um, I love big words yeah an another common trap and you you alluded to it already taya but the it's the failure to seek disconfirming evidence so mm -hmm. that means um that um it's important to have the discipline to actually seek out um um facts or ideas that are um counter to what you believe uh, i think it's a common human trait to have an opinion and uh base it uh hopefully on facts but then try to support that by seeking out additional um facts or um uh, opinions that support that rather than asking yourself critically gosh are there are there others that believe otherwise or are there facts or evidence that would um, suggest that this isn't correct so that's that's the second um sort of common trap if you will so are are you saying that everything we see on social media isn't immediately true well everything i see on social media is true i don't know where you're oh, you don't know what i'm seeing though. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, you're not following the right people on Twitter. <laughs> no, and I, I do, I feel a little stab of, of hypocrisy at times when I'm scrolling because I, I tend to follow folks with whom I agree and, and I don't follow those necessarily with oh, whom I don't. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, when I was first uh, preparing and presenting this, um, this talk, it was really before social media had emerged to many extents. So that tells you again how old I am and and how long this has been around. But um, I think I think the situation is much worse now, or much more challenging now, yeah. uh, and and goes to one of the reasons why our our country is you know facing more, probably more division now than we have in the past. But that's probably an issue for another podcast. It is. I got to tell you, I definitely expected advice today. I did not know that I was going to also be forced to do some self-reflection, but I can feel it coming on. Yeah, <laughs> totally, that's, completely. That's that's the hard part, and, uh, yeah. and a really a really important part of, of professional development, which is really why I was uh, drawn to this. Is not to to make help folks necessarily get better at any professional domain like human resource management or or financial management, even or or any of the other domains that MGMA uses. Um, it was more uh, just to help folks uh, have um, sort of a sort of a, a roadmap, I guess, or some suggestions for how they can um, you know, think about thinking. Think yeah. about thinking. <laughs> That's what I did. Write that down. He said think funny. about thinking. Leadership, think about thinking. Wow. I love both of those. I love both Yes. Think about thinking. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. A couple more traps. Um, one is overconfidence. So when um, when you've um, had a, again, you've had a situation uh, in the past that you're successful in solving or you feel like you made the right decision, um, typically the, the, um, the trap, I guess, is to try to to use the same approach with subsequent issues that come up, rather than thinking, "Gosh, maybe I need a different toolkit for this, or maybe I need to seek out some additional help." So, overconfidence is another common trap in uh, critical thinking. The last one's my favorite. Ooh. You guys want to talk about overconfidence at all? Do you know what I mean? 
Well, uh, you know, the overconfidence one I get too well. And also how you were saying, like you try approaches that worked in the past on something and it may not work again on the future. And I've been doing a lot more work the last few years with developers. And I kind of feel like I see that happen often where they're like, oh, well, we did this before. And so we'll just apply this again. And I'm like, but this is a total devil. That's not going to work, you know, but sometimes I think the disconnect between sales and engineers and developer and whoever's writing that stuff makes it weird, you know? So you're like, Hey, I need something that flows. And they're like, ah, you need a duck. And you're like, no, it needs to be able to carry people. And they're like, you need a duck with a book bag. And you're like, wait, no, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're like, That's we tried funny. a duck, duck floats, so the duck works. And you're like, no, 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 you've got, I don't need a duck. I need a canoe or something like, and I know that's way off kind of on a tangent because of my ADD, but you know what I mean? Like I see yeah. that happen regularly, but it would have never occurred to me to just be kind of a, a normal human error that everybody's falling into that you need to look out for. But you know and what? I, I think one of, sorry, one of the reasons why, and whenever I think of a problem, I always think of the root cause. Like why, why do we do that? And I wonder if because healthcare is so regulated and there are so many compliance concerns that whatever works, whatever doesn't get us in trouble, whatever doesn't get us fined or penalized, it's worked, we're gonna stay with it. Um, but but I, I, I appreciate you getting us to start thinking about that overconfidence and thinking outside of the box and looking at alternative approaches to the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's that it's also just the just the the flood of of tasks that we have to do. And, and I know that's probably not unique to to healthcare, but um, um, I, I do empathize with folks that are managing groups or yeah. managing clinics or have multiple different um, uh, departments that they're responsible for. There's just so much to do. And, and it's it's just easier, frankly. It saves time if you can apply the same approach that you've had been successful with in the past to, to future problems. You know, the old, uh, if it ain't broke, um, don't fix it versus um, if it yep. ain't broke, let's break it, you know. And then you're going with a book bag. Yeah, I was, I would have thought a seaplane. That would have been my first thing. Uh, instead of a duck, yeah, uh, something on the. Great uh, idea too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So and what's your favorite one? My, my favorite common trap is probably entrapment, which is one that I haven't talked about yet. So entrapment is, I think it's very common. Um, we can think of multiple different times when this may have happened, but um, entrapment simply refers to, to making a decision based on the investment that you've already made. So let's, oh. yeah, so because, or, 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 or the, the, the sunk costs that are already in it. So think of, um, a non-healthcare example would be a gambler. So I, I like to play craps on occasion. Um, and, you know, commonly uh, when a table goes cold, you're thinking, you may think, well, gosh, I've already, you know, I've been playing this for a half hour, 45 minutes, the table's cold, but it's going to get hot again. So I'm going to stay at the table. I've already lost a hundred bucks. There's no way I'm going to keep losing. It's going to turn around. Um, from my own personal experience, um, a poor um, revenue cycle system implementation or electronic medical record implementation where you spent so much time on due diligence, choosing a vendor, going through the preparation for implementation, um, the go live arrives 
And uh, then three months down the road, it's just not getting any better. You're, you're commonly, you, you feel badly about all the time and money you've invested thus far, all the training, and you, you continue down that path, hoping that it's going to turn around when it, it just may not. So that's, that's another um, common trap that comes, comes into play when you're, when you're making decisions. And let me tell you, you what I, I am hashtag triggered right now. I don't know about yeah. you, Tim, but like, I need a minute. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, when you think about entrapment and, and the time that you invest in something, I wonder if we also think about, we could think about that from people and, and processes. So, you know, I, I know there's times that we invest a lot in an individual and you, you, you had high hopes for this person and, and you, yep. you, know, you really saw the value and the opportunity. Um, and then, you know, when do you decide that, okay, this isn't a good fit, even processes, but, but this is, yeah. yeah. I think I'm gonna take from what, what I've already been taught here, okay? <laughs> leadership is leadership. Entrapment is entrapment. And investment is investment, whether it was technology or not. That's that's what I'm going to guess that the answer is going to be. Um, yeah, I, I think all of those come into play, right, with both people and with processes. I think um, I've always um, suggested that you spend a lot more time before the interview than you do after. It's it's even making that offer is more important than suggesting that you're better off just getting a warm body on board that you can then train or otherwise cajole into uh, being the right fit. Uh, it's really painful though, uh, particularly in today's job market. I think where I live, the unemployment rate is below 3%, which basically means absolute full employment. And, and a lot of people are working two jobs. So trying to find the right, the right person for the role is really hard. And then yeah. admitting that, that maybe you made the wrong choice or, they're just not the right fit, typically more culturally than necessarily from a technical competence standpoint. Um, they're just not the right fit or the right feel. It's it's hard to go a different direction. Yeah, we can apply that to business and to life. For yeah. sure. And to my yeah. children. I mean, sometimes they spend all this time cleaning the kitchen, but it's not it's not clean. Um, I have somebody you can follow on Twitter that could help you with that. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. James, you have such an amazing career, and I know we've we've talked about that already. But we we when we have the opportunity to speak to folks like you, we want to also kind of give you the opportunity to share, you know, any words of wisdom, any nuggets of of information, best practices throughout your career that you could share with our audience? Yeah, we're um, happy to do that. I could. I don't wanna be the old guy that pontificates though. I, I, I do think it's, um, we at our state medical group management association, um, we used to have a, um, a round table discussion and one of the most popular ones was called, uh, been there, done that, wouldn't do it again. And that's when we would have some of the more seasoned the more seasoned or, or what we call vintage administrators, I guess, who are willing to, to sort of be vulnerable and to share with the group um, how they screwed things up and what they learned from that. So I, I have a lot of those. Um, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with 
um, a lot of um, good mentors. And I've also uh, mentored people that have been able to, to help inform me of, of sort of my blind spots and areas that I can improve. So I think um, just overall, trying to find um, folks that you can add to your network that can give you honest feedback and can um, accept your, your vulnerable um, situations and opportunities and help you to see through that has probably been the most helpful. That and, and reflecting on the fact that, that um, you know, we, we are all sort of products of the people that we've worked with and worked for over the years. And there's the possibility that not each and every one of those have been great. So I think it's, it's important to be mindful about what you take um, from certain um, leaders or managers or, or folks that have influenced you versus what you leave, because not everything is going to benefit you positively. And I think it takes as much courage to say, uh, no, that's not me or no, that won't work for me than it does to say, you know, gosh, I really respect that person and I'm going to adopt their style. Wow. You know, so, so take what you need, leave what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's a good, good shorthand summary. Yeah. Wow. James, we could keep going. <laughs> right. I know. Oh my gosh. This again. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure, James. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, um, and, and your sense of humor, um, <laughs> and, into this discussion today. Um, thank you so much for our Rev Divers who have um, been hanging in here with us and getting all of this great information from these wonderful um, guests. Um, Rev Divers, until we meet again, um, keep diving into those Rev Cycles.